0: Welcome to the Capital Beach Podcast. My name is Derek Brockbank, and I am your host for this, uh, this pod on the American Shoreline Podcast Network. I am the executive director of American Shore and Beach Preservation Association. And as always, the Capitol Beach is going to be talking about federal policy uh, with people who help make that federal policy. And I'm really excited to have a guest here today who I work with very closely, uh, Bradley Watson, who is the executive director of the Coastal States Organization. Um, Looking forward to talking to him a little bit about what Coastal States Organization is, uh, a little bit about the Coastal Zone Management Act, and then we'll we'll get a chance to talk about about the kind of work that we do together because we we do work quite closely together on a number of different issues. So it uh, should be a, a good conversation. Um, but first, we're gonna have a quick word to from our sponsors. Uh, we've got three sponsors on the American
1: Shoreline Podcast Network, our faithful supporters who make all of this possible. Dune Doctors at a Pensacola, Florida. Outstanding firm firm for dune restoration with natural dune plants all along the Gulf Coast and in Florida's Atlantic shoreline. Dunedoctors.com. Reach out to Frederique Bereset
0: and her team. I'd also like to thank TI Coastal Services out of Wilmington, North Carolina, an exquisite coastal engineering firm. If you're there on the Carolina coast and you need coastal engineering services, you should really go to ticoastal.com and learn more about these guys. They do a great job on budget, responsible,
1: exactly the kind of engineering firm you would want working in your community, TI Coastal Services. And LJA Engineering with 28 offices around the uh, great state of Texas my good friend Bill Worsham leads the coastal engineering division at LJA Engineering. Find them at lja.com.
0: Thanks as always to our sponsors. Uh, some of these, some of our sponsors are, are really good, both for ASPN but also American Shore and Beach Preservation Association, Dune Doctors, TI Coastal, LJA Engineering are all great firms, uh, and we love to see them at our conference and our summit. Um, so please support those those firms if you're uh, if you're looking for good coastal engineering. Um, so I'm here with Bradley. Uh, welcome to the the Capital Beach Podcast.
1: Thank you very much for having me, Derek. Uh,
0: okay, so uh, kick it off. Uh, why don't you just tell me a little bit about yourself? Uh, how you got involved in coastal issues? How you got involved in Coastal States
1: Organization? Sure thing. Um, and thank you again for having me here today. I'm really looking forward to this chat, uh, and hope it gets uh, good good viewership and listenership. I guess is the word.
0: Yeah, they don't they don't see us on a podcast. <laughs>
1: right. I'm glad my hair is not being like that right now. Um, so little bit of background on myself. I guess we'll start, uh, pick it up in the professional realm. We don't need to go too far back, but uh, got my start working on Capitol Hill uh, after uh, a lovely Capitol Hill internship, which you have to experience to know the uh, the true value of. Uh, was fortunate enough to begin working with the Committee on Transportation Infrastructure in the United States House of Representatives. Uh, following about three years there, uh, went over to the Senate side, to the other chamber, uh, and worked for the Senate Armed Services Committee. Uh, again, did about another three years there, uh, and then ended up with another stint and a personal office on the house side uh, before coming over to the Coastal States organization. I've been at CSO for just about five years to the day now. Cool. Uh, I began, uh, when I was approached by CSO, off the hill as our council and director of coastal resilience. Uh, the council, I should note, was I, uh, speaking of fun experiences, did evening law school while working on the hill. Uh, so uh, a bit of a blur there, but it was a great time. Um, Started as our Council and Director of Coastal Resilience, uh, and then went up to our Deputy Director, and uh, then served as an Acting Executive Director for about a year, and uh, I'm now in the Executive Director role.
0: Yeah, and and by Council, I I take that you have a law degree.
1: I do, in fact. And I believe
0: it's from a, a a coastal university, or a university near a coast.
1: Uh, it's from the Catholic University of America. Didn't you go to Tulane? I went to Tulane Undergrad. Tulane Undergrad. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you went to Tulane Law. Okay. It's all good. Uh, so, yeah, uh, it would have been tough to go to Tulane Law working on Capitol Hill. Right, but, yes, uh, yes, because you didn't. Metro doesn't go that far.
0: During law school, <laughs> during your internship, yes. Um, but, yeah, I think one thing that uh, Bradley and I have always connected on is we both have a, a love for uh, Louisiana and New Orleans in particular. Um, Absolutely. So uh, you spent how many, just for you? just your undergrad year there? Just years undergrad
1: there? years there. I reluctantly left uh, when my then girlfriend, now wife, uh, was coming back to work on Capitol Hill.
0: Terrific. So I do have one personal question that I always ask, and I'm actually going to give you a second one. You're going to get two personal right. questions here. So the first is, um, this is the Capitol Beach, and we do talk about beaches. So the first personal question is, where is your favorite beach and why? And because we both have a love of New Orleans, your second question is, what is your favorite New Orleans restaurant
1: or bar? Interesting. All right. So let's start with my it's got to be a beach, not a body of water.
0: Yeah, I'm going to go with beach, although okay. if you, you can give a body of water, too, if you want.
1: I uh, was fortunate enough to spend some time uh, near the Kiowa River on Kiowa Island in South Carolina growing I know, up. Yeah. Have lots of family in North and South Carolina, and was able to spend lots of time in both of those states growing up. Uh, so amongst my many uh, favorite beaches uh, is is the beach on Kiowa Island. Lovely. It's a barrier island at a mm-hmm. bit of an angle, so it's not a spot for surfers, and that's for sure. Uh, it creates some really Soft rolling waves, uh, some interesting sediment issues there. Mm There's a very uh, well-known inlet there, Captain Sam's Inlet, uh, Mm -hmm. where I love to go watch the dolphins strand feed whenever I possibly can.
0: That sounds sounds awesome. Okay, Uh, moving to food and drink.
1: Food and drink, uh, let's see. Uh, I think it is always, uh, you know, just yesterday, I, I read the New Orleans newspaper online pretty much every day still, uh, and they did their top ten restaurants in New Orleans, uh, so you can pretty much hop into any of those right now, and that will work. I'm always a big fan of the uh, Commanders Palace. Lunch is a is a fun experience.
0: I was I was thinking that too. Uh, Bradley and I shared a lunch at Commanders during the uh, Restore America's Estuaries meeting. There what was that two years ago now. Just about two years ago. Yes. Um, it was a lovely. Uh, you know, they endeavor. Have, they have 25 cent martinis at lunch and. I think we only had one each. I'm almost positive. You had a couple. I just had one. Oh, maybe. I remember it the other way, but either (laughs) way. Okay. Before we get too far down the road of lunchtime martinis, um, let's move to a little bit more about Coastal States Organization. Uh, It's a great organization. I've loved working with you guys. Tell us, tell our audience a bit more about your organization.
1: Surely. Uh, And if I may put on my uh, history, congressional history hat here, and not just congressional history, but also state history and Uh, give a little background on the formation of CSO. I think it's a pretty fascinating story um, and hopefully uh, familiar to those that are listening. And if not, I'm glad to be able to share it now. Um, So back in 1966, Congress enacted the Marine Resources and Engineering Development Act. Uh, And while that act did many things, one of uh, the, the creations under that act was the Stratton Commission to the president. Um, and that Stratton Commission called for the federal government uh, and the coastal states to collectively create, collectively create a mechanism to manage uh, their coastlines and resources better. Um, and pardon to read the bullet point there on you, but I haven't, haven't memorized that one. So around that same time with the creation of that from our Congress here in D.C., uh, there was a gathering of the nation's coastal states organized by the governor of Florida. So the governors of the coastal states were getting together uh, in a very complimentary and well-timed fashion. Um, and in 1968, uh, as part of that meeting, they, they called for a resolution uh, for more effective and suitable role for the states, uh, both on an in, internal and interstate uh, manner, uh, to address coastal and ocean issues. Um, they created a steering committee, and that was designed to draw up the charter for what would then become the Coastal States Organization. Uh, there was a subsequent meeting of the same or similar states, coastal states, uh, and by 1970, they had uh, proposed and adopted that resolution and, and the impetus for CSO had been created.
0: Interesting. So CSO was really formed uh, from the federal government, or formed at sort of the direction or recommendation of the federal government, but formed by the states, really led by the Florida governor. And this is a little bit before the the real sort of environmental movement kicked off. I mean, this is pre Clean Air Act, Clean Water Act.
1: Correct. The Stratton Commission was, I believe, uh, so it came from the 1966 legislation and 68 was, I believe, when they issued their findings. Uh, and so the governor of Florida instituted that that meeting, but CSR really grew from the governors of those coastal right. states, uh, very much in line with the recognition of the importance of what was happening in the coastal zones.
0: And it, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but my rec- my my vague uh, environmental political history is this is right around the time NOAA was being created too.
1: So that same act, uh, uh-huh. the Marine Resources and Engineering Development Act, or pardon me, the uh, the Stratton Commission uh, led to their their recommendations, which was from that act. Uh, led to the creation, ultimately, of both NOAA and the CZMA. Interesting.
0: So CSO sort of almost formed in like a parallel, like the federal government had a national ocean agency and the states came together to form a, a national ocean or, or coastal and ocean uh, uh,
1: collaboration. It was some It was some very fortunate alignment um, and, and maybe not just fortunate. I think it was given the, right. the recognition of the importance of what was happening. So, uh, uh, yes.
0: So you guys are... I, this is getting a little bit into the weeds, but I, I'm interested in this. Uh, you, you, you guys a 501c3. Are you an association? How, do, how does this
1: work? 501c4. Okay. Um, so go look up the tax code, all your attorneys, uh, and that we are a 501c4. Um, and we were very much in line with... Um, that history of the creation of CSO, I think it shows what our our most important role is. It's for serving as a a common voice for the states to maintain a a role, a leadership role in the national coastal and ocean policy. And so your your board members
0: or your leaders are folks that are Appointed by the governor, or the governors themselves? How does that Correct.
1: work? Correct. So the governor of each coastal state, territory appoints us a delegate to work with us. Actually, a delegate and an alternate. Okay. Uh, and those those states and territories include the Atlantic, Pacific, Gulf Coast, Great Lake states, and the Caribbean and Pacific Island territories as well.
0: So you essentially ultimately report to a board of directors who are appointed by the governors of the of the United the coastal states and territories of the United States. Correct. So you are you sort of report up to all those coastal state. Governors and governors, huh? Correct, uh, okay.
1: and so the governor appoints a delegate to work with us, uh, and then our technical governing board is all of our members, um, and then we have an executive committee as well, okay. which is a smaller entity, nice. uh, which is helpful for getting folks together on conference calls and such for meetings, uh, and that's made up of a uh, chair, a vice chair, a treasurer, and then a regional representative from each region, uh, as well as two past chairs.
0: Great. And I've uh, I've had the pleasure of getting to work a little bit um, with your, I guess he's your past chair now, Leo Asuncion in, in Hawaii, um, who's been, you know, just really fun to work with and a really nice guy. And your current chair
1: is? Brian Lynn from the state of Washington. Cool.
0: Um, uh, great. So a good good response from the Pacific Coast. Do you have a, a, how long are those terms? Is it a set Two term? Year, it's a two-year okay. term. Cool. Um, okay. Well, sorry to dive into the weeds no, a little bit fine. about your organization.
1: It's an interesting, interesting structure that you we can are. Hit what we what we do as well. Yeah. Let's like, let's hear
0: like a bit that more was about part that. Part of the
1: original question. Yeah. Um, so you know, I mentioned that it's it's to maintain that leadership role in, in coastal and ocean policy nationally, uh, but then that's that's kind of high level talking pointish, right? So how do we operate? Yeah. Um, I, I think so. We we have you know standing and limited term working groups that we put together working mm-hmm. on various issues. Um, we're a great professional network for uh, our members and and their staffs and and others in the state. Um, So uh, if you have a specific issue in the state of Maine, you can also learn from what the state of California and Louisiana and North Carolina are doing as well and the territories as well. Um, So a great professional network in that sense for information sharing, best practices, et cetera. Um, And then I also like to say that we operate on kind of a top down and bottom up perspective. So mm-hmm. what the the team here in, in Washington, D.C., which is where we're located and sitting now, um, we're doing both top-down and bottom-up. From the top-down side, we're sitting here and, and watching what's happening, uh, coming out of Congress, coming out of the administration, trying to identify uh, important issues, opportunities, any things that could be problematic for this national coastal policy of which you and I work on together uh, uh, very often. Um, so w- when those things arise, we both use our in-house kind of expertise as well as rely on the expertise and uh, uh, on-the-ground knowledge of our members uh, in the states. Um, so we are able to vet uh, and, and kind of see how these federal policy uh, dynamics can impact the uh, what is going to happen on the ground for good or for bad, uh, and then also there's bottom up. So our folks working on the ground, uh, be it from a specific project to a to a concept, um, uh, can can say, okay, and, and state X there is a you know a, a wonderful effort afoot to uh, build living shorelines or to work on uh, beneficial use of dredge material or something to, to that effect, and we are able to. Um, serve as kind of a a point person here in Washington, D.C., and if if there are issues on the ground that, from a policy perspective, are kind of getting hung up, we can maybe seek clarification from a a headquarters office or whatever the relevant entity here is in the administration or uh, just just things of that nature. So it's kind of top-down and bottom-up really looking at these coastal policy issues.
0: Yeah, and I really like that sort of dual role of both... Collaborative networking that your states can talk to e- use CSO as a venue to talk to each other to solve problems that you know Maine might think they have a unique problem, but hey, maybe they've got it in Oregon and they can talk about it together. As well as the fact that you know you're also providing that nexus or that liaison role between the federal government, whether it's Capitol Hill or the agencies and the states. I think that's a really uh, good good role, and actually a similar role to what ASBPA does for for our membership too. Um, so I'm gonna want to dive into a little policy. Capital Beach is all about uh, diving into specific policy. Um, and you mentioned the Coastal Zone uh, Management Act, um, the CZMA, um, and this was sort of founded or started at the same time of, of CSO, and it sort of I guess helps charter CSO. Or I, why don't you tell me a little bit about what the CZMA is and,
1: sure. and why it's important? So CZMA. Very basically, is authorizing legislation. Okay. Um, it's also authorizing legislation that creates a framework uh, for the federal-state partnership that is executed under uh, under the CZMA legislation. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of usage now of the term cooperative federalism. I think it's a wonderful example of that. It's a okay. It's a Take it back.
0: What is cooperative federal- federalism?
1: So federalism working between federal government and state governments working on shared priorities, um, and and this the czma creates the framework through the legislation which we can discuss a little bit further um and, and i'll actually just go ahead and do so now with some mm-hmm. of the with the background if that's all yeah. right um so in 1972 when they passed the czma so actually a couple years after the the uh, impetus or the beginning of the charter for for cso what would become cso mm-hmm. um and, and not to read a quote off at you but the the congressional findings and congress and in, in their infinite wisdom uh, seriously um <laughs> Said that um, the Congress finds that there is a national interest in the effective management, beneficial use, protection, and development of the coastal zone. So inherently there, you heard me go back to back on the protection and development. Hmm. Uh, and I think the CZMA is just revolutionary legislation in the sense that it understands uh, the importance of development in the coastal zone. Uh, and the we can talk GDP and commerce and economic impact and, and, and many things all day, and, and development on the coastal zone is very important. Um, but with with great foresight, Congress in 1972 wanted to balance that development and, and to manage it responsibly, uh, and and protect the resources that enable that development, so that the development can occur over the longer term in a sustainable uh, and responsible fashion. Um, so under under the CZMA, this kind of a, it's kind of a three-legged stool. Mm-hmm. There's the National Coastal Zone Management Program, mm-hmm. uh, under which our members are the primarily where they operate from. Uh, There's a National Estuarine Research Reserve System, Mm -hmm. um, which is a wonderful program in itself. And then also the Coastal and Estuarine Land Conservation Program. Uh, But for all intents and purposes, under those three legs, we really work, while we work with the reserves uh, and our members do on the ground day to day, and we work with their correlating association here, um, the the National Coastal Zone Management Program under the CZMA is really uh, our bread and butter of, of the basis of our federal policy.
0: And so that's where you were getting to the the cooperative federalism, federalism the idea that the, the federal government, NOAA, other coastal agencies, but primarily NOAA, have to be working in coordination with the coastal states.
1: Correct. And NOAA is the primary administrator, is the administrator of the CZMA from the federal standpoint. So right. there is that uh, Congress defined that the, the, the congressional findings of why this was created um, and it shows that there is a the, that national interest in the many uh, competing uses actually of the, the coastal zone. Um, and, and there's also an inherent recognition of uh, the states managing their own coastal zone. Uh, there's an innate you know uh, argument for why the states manage their own their own coastlines right' It's, it's understanding the, the communities, the people, the issues, the dynamics and whatever it may be. Um, but it's doing so cooperatively in partnership with the federal government. Mm-hmm. So the, the day-to-day how it works is uh, CZMA provides, uh, NOAA provides grant funding for a lot of this work, uh, and the states actually match it nearly dollar for dollar. So not only is it you know, cooperative federalism in the, uh, in, the, uh, in the, I guess, theoretical, um, but it is also very much uh, balanced in that the states are uh, investing significantly in their coasts, it, it just as the feds are as well.
0: Yeah, that's that's really interesting to hear. I mean, I'm a, a political science major, and so enjoy the cooperative federalism. This is how democratic processes should work. But you know, there are some real on the ground benefits to it. You know, you don't with a nation with like the U.S. that has um, the kind of diversity of coastlines that we have, from you know island states and territories to Great Lake states mm-hmm. to you know ocean like the the um, the coastlines are just very very different. So it makes sense to have some primary management based at the states. Um, so, um, I, you know, without trying to dive into uh, too deep, are there any sort of examples or thoughts you can give as to sort of how that how that works in practice? Manifest, I mean, I can see it. In what are, what are theory. our members doing? Yeah, exactly.
1: Sure. Um, and, and that's a great question. I'll you know use my lawyer hat and start with a big caveat that each state coastal program is is different. Sure. Um, sure. To our point earlier, to manage their, their needs and priorities, right. et cetera, and dynamics of their, their well, own coastline.
0: And massively different, right? you got Delaware and New Hampshire, which have 30, 40 miles of shoreline, and then you've got California, Michigan, and Florida, which have a thousand or more probably right
1: oh yes they're they're Del- delaware might have more than that i have to double check my numbers but yes it's a, a great disparity between your uh you know giggle when i say new hampshire because i'm hoping that uh, one of our members are listed to it. the great work that they do in new hampshire of course but not as expansive coastline as let's say michigan or texas yep. or california <laughs> um so with that kind of big caveat that they're all different i think if we kept it at, at uh the, let's say the, the level that could easily be put it into buckets. Mm-hmm. Uh, these coastal programs providing are providing planning, financial, and technical assistance working with coastal communities. They're okay. under this umbrella of the CZMA. Think about the investment of those federal and state resources and the coastal programs as that conduit to the local communities um, on the ground, pr- picking up and providing some of the, the resources and expertise and capacity um, that, that may not be had at a town, city, et cetera mm-hmm. level. Right. Um, broadly speaking, they're working to, again, protect the natural resources, but also encourage responsible development. Uh, there are many competing uses in the coastal zone. Um, so we've talked about the beneficial use of dredge material and, and waterborne commerce in line with, you know, there's a competing use with something like wetlands restoration, preservation, mm-hmm. etc. cetera. Um, our folks are coordinating uh, pretty much across the board. The, the coastal programs play an incredible coordination role, so they can go uh, vertically Um, and work with a range of federal agencies. Uh, You name them, they're they're working with them in some capacity from we've certainly mentioned NOAA, Army Corps of Engineers, FEMA, USGS, BOEM, uh, EPA, the uh, the list goes on, but also they can work laterally internally at the state. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just as uh, federal government is structured, many state governments are, are similarly structured or in some capacity. Um, so they play a great coordination role, um, looking at state and federal actions, and they can work on permitting and regulatory efficiencies there as well. Um, and it's it's really all about the balance. You know, it's it's about the balance, and it's about addressing their particular needs priorities within the state.
0: Um, Yeah, just really phenomenal work that a lot of these states do, and I, I don't envy you having to understand what is it, 37 state and territories, or about?
1: There are 35 coastal states and territories.
0: And each of them have a different structure, so it's almost like you got to understand the federal government process for 35 different federal governments. I mean, some have Department of Environmental Conservation and Department of Natural Resources. Some are
1: lumped. I We I go from, you know, your usual bread and butter agencies are your Department of Natural Resources or Environment something like that. We have Department of State, Department of Administration, Department of Ecology. Um, and, and I try. I don't, will never say that I fully fully know the nuances of each and that's hey that's a great example or microcosm of uh Something like the CZMA, the states know it best themselves, right. and I just try to help them the best that I can. Right. Great.
0: Um, well, the other thing I wanted to, to, to bring up is uh, we, as we've mentioned a little bit before, we work very closely together. I think um, a lot of that comes because we have a nice um, sort of, we have a small overlap in our membership, but we have a really nice complementing uh, membership. ASBPA, American Shore and Beach Preservation Association's members, are typically more the industry and the community. So you mentioned, you know, the states might have a, a better bandwidth for certain issues than the the towns or counties. Um, and that's true. And then there's other issues probably where the towns and counties really have the, the best understanding. And, and those are often ASBPA members. Um, so it's been, you know, it's been a good sort of membership working
1: relationship. And then I think... If I can jump in, yeah, i and say collectively that, you know, between our two memberships, it's a large swath. It's not everyone, but it's a, a large, important swath of coastal stakeholders. Yep. Um, and, and to the overlapping uh, component, your, your wonderful current President of ASBPA, uh, in his previous uh, capacity, was a governor-appointed CSO delegate for, yep. I believe, decades.
0: Yeah, a long time. So Tony Tony Pratt, who we've mentioned on this uh, before, is recently retired, but had been with um, with the state of Delaware for a long, long time. Um, and I think that's right. I mean, we're, and I think the other thing that helps define our organizations is we're really the uh, the professionals, and that's not in any way to knock. Um, the grassroots, who are really the people who enjoy the coastline, but we do tend to be the the people who um, whose livelihood, whose day to day job it is, is to manage the coast. And, and you know, in some ways, that means they're they're the experts. Um, they actually have the training and the background. I mean, our folks are often scientists and engineers. I, what, what are this? What are the backgrounds of your There's members typically? Is
1: there? <laughs> the, the backgrounds backgrounds can vary. Pardon me. <coughs> uh, January in D.C. and yeah. small children. You have have a cold. Um, So the the backgrounds can vary. Uh, And you mentioned science and you mentioned policy. I think a great description that I heard from one of our members at one point was that one day they can be out in the water in waders, uh, and the next day, they can be in the, the state house working on a budget. So it's <laughs>
0: hopefully they don't get those mixed up you know, working at the state
1: house. Whether there's any dress code or not, yes, yes let's hope that they don't get those messed up. So yeah, it's uh, it's uh, the best part of working at CSO is the ability to work with our members. Mm-hmm. It's those on the ground experts that really are uh, beyond impressive, not only in the work that they do, but just to an individual about how they're able to go about and the range of work that they do.
0: Um. Okay, well, let's take a minute or two to talk about we ASBPA. Actually, before Bradley and I, uh, Bradley started. You said about five years ago. I started most of the day yeah. I started uh, about four years ago, um, and when both of us came on board, uh, we were presented a document that that some of our board members had worked on. That was called a uh, joint call for the improved management of America's beaches, and it was a had ASBPA and CS logo at the top. Um, and it's I found it to be a real terrific document that helps allow Bradley and I to focus on things that we can work on together.
1: I'm going to pull a very false old line uh, over okay. here that, that I actually helped finish finish the drafting and get it across the finish line, but uh, it was substantially complete when I when I arrived. Um, well, thank we you. We did it's some fun wordsmithing <laughs> uh, <and laughs> down in the weeds, um, pun intended. Right?
0: Uh, and I'll, I'll give a shout out. You you called out our, our current president, but I know um, uh, Braxton Davis, Davis, North Davis with North was Carolina. Was the chair
1: of our standing work group at the time, the Beach and Island Management Work Group that uh, took the initiative to create this joint policy. Uh, we talked about great foresight before from Congress, uh, great foresight there from the leadership at the time, including Braxton, yeah. to, to put together what I think is a really impactful document that we've been able to work on together uh, humbly, I think, to, to some success. Yep. Um, and uh, I think we've found a lot of synergies in, in how we work together.
0: So let's pull out, uh, there's, you know, this is a, a full two-page, highly bulleted document, but let's pull out one of, what are one or two of the things that you think um, we've been successful at or you think are really important in this document.
1: Surely. Uh, whether it was intended this way, and I think it was the first one on there, is to ensure the beach compatible, ensure that beach-compatible dredge materials are beneficially used. Um, and you know, not to get too wordy, through the establishment of a national policy, uh, some of the sub-criteria on there are talking about uh, working with technical, environmental, and financial support from the Army Corps on regional sediment management, uh, and then also uh, something that I know is always fun to talk about, looking at a new national understanding of the federal standard, uh, and and there's come in lies a lot of the wordsmithing. Uh, this <laughs> our, our policy specifically doesn't say we need to change the federal standard; it talks about a new national understanding, um, and and that. The uh, the laws and the policy on the books uh, enable much of what our memberships think need to be done can be done.
0: And so, for those that are listening that uh, you know may know a little bit about this, but some that don't, the the federal standard is the the law that says dredge material must be disposed of as cheaply as possible. If you have a federal navigation canal or federal navigation channel, um, that dredge material must be disposed of in the cheapest possible manner so long as it's maintaining proper environmental standards. Um, but that can often mean the cheapest thing to do is just dump it offshore when, in fact, there are communities that would like to use it. I mean, if, if, if it's beach compatible material, our beach folks would like to use it on, on their beaches, and, and sometimes that can. Be seen as just is as, as as a waste, or if it's too expensive to put it on the beach, you're really losing that that sediment. And so, we've had an opportunity to to work on this, um, you know. I, and I think uh, the timing of this is a little bit fortuitous. Just yesterday, um, our organizations jointly held a call with the Army Corps of Engineers um, as they were announcing their beneficial use of dredge material pilot uh, pilot project. Um, so, just I think things that. We are able to do together is, you know, get the Army Corps to host a, host a webinar, inform our members directly about what's in the program, how the program was developed. Um, and you know, I personally think that we were probably able to do that by coming to them as a joint, correct, uh, and not just individually. And, so. and,
1: and we'd be remiss if we didn't, uh, you know, thank the Corps for for having uh, that that vision to see the benefit of. Uh, Addressing our members and engaging with our members, um, and I think that uh, while our prompts from our, our shared policy certainly demonstrate that there's a lot of policy work that can be done to improve a lot of these things, I think it's also important to note the core is doing some great work uh, as well in regards to things like beneficial use and regional sediment management, and and seem to me and hopefully uh, they're they're demonstrating with their actions uh, uh, and intent to pursue it further uh, as a community to to understand that sediment is a resource that we all value. Um, I want to say, what was it, a New York Times article a few years back that talked about sediment as a global resource, mm-hmm. uh, number three behind air and water, mm-hmm. um, and with the range of uses and and, and benefits that it has, um, a nice driving force when you think about the importance of the work that we're doing.
0: Yeah. So uh, I think we're sort of getting towards the, the end of our, our conversation, but I let's see, you want to pull out maybe one more piece from our, our joint policy to, to talk a little bit about?
1: Sure. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, easy enough, go down to number two, and they okay. kind of stack up in order that way, yep. looking at uh, promoting some permitting efficiencies on beach and inlet management projects uh, through increased funding and advanced coordination with federal agencies and partners through the CZMA. Um, some of the subparts on it are developed state and or local beach sediment management plans um, and identification of future sand resources and needs. So we're, we're back on that sediment piece with number two from number one. Um, and, and I think through the way the policy is written, it shows that this is a, a common effort uh, from federal role, state role and other local stakeholder role as well, where our members certainly are infused throughout this. so,
0: Yeah, and there's a a lot going on there, and we could probably, I mean, both number one and number two, we could probably spend an entire podcast podcast talking about. But yeah, the idea that we need to um, help streamline permitting, and I think streamline often gets a, you know, seems like it's a euphemism for getting rid of regulatory, and I don't think we don't think of that at at all. We're just really talking about how do you make sure that the permitting is is effective, you're protecting all the critical environmental resources, um, but also doing it in a way that doesn't extend forever. Make sure that the federal permitting and the state permitting can be done concurrently or actually just be one in the same. Um,
1: and and, and the, the latter part of that first prompt is increased funding and advanced coordination with agencies through the CZMA. I mean, I mentioned that coordination role earlier of the coastal programs. Uh, some of those pilot projects that were selected by our Corps for the 1122 program, uh, from what I've learned, you know, are, are looking at things like that. And, and we had members that were successful and as applicants for that pilot program. And what I've seen from some of those projects is it is that coordination role. You know, planning isn't always sexy, but if you if you use it uh, uh, in the in the right way and you and you bring all the parties to the table um, and you talk in advance about the most efficient and best way to go about doing things and kind of tee things up, it can uh, an invest small investment in planning in that regard can really save you big on the the construction and O and M and you can get into dredge mobilization and everything that you want. But um, yeah, I think I think that's a good one for our members to highlight the, a lot of the value that they bring to the table.
0: So I think it might be worth us you know, coming back at a future podcast and diving into some more of these or maybe even bringing in some, some uh, federal agency folks who, who are administering some of these efforts um, to talk a bit about them, too. Uh, but finally, I would like to uh, talk about the other way in which we collaborate, which is hosting a party. Um, Correct. We are hosting an awesome coastal celebration on capitol hill on
1: march 13th wednesday march 13th from five thirty to seven thirty p.m on the ninth floor of the hart senate office building
0: it's going to be fun and the reason we're doing this is asbpa is as you may have heard on other episodes we're hosting a, a national coastal summit which we do every year uh bring together bring folks into dc to educate them on coastal issues um on policy and have give folks an opportunity to go up and speak to their members of Congress, speak to federal agencies, and, and we've uh, very intentionally coordinated that to align with your guys, what do you call it, spring meeting, winter meeting?
1: The one in March is our 2019 CSO winter meeting, which and we talked about that professional network. CSO holds two meetings a year, one, one here in D.C. in the winter, and then in the fall we go to a, a member state and, and focus on some of the work that they're doing
0: very similar to us so both our memberships will be in town um and for the past two years this is our third annual correct uh celebration on the hill we've we've hosted a chance to you know have a couple hors d'oeuvres drink a drink a beer or a cocktail and mingle and meet and network and then also you know get a chance to talk informally with the decision makers. Um, last year we had uh, Senator Markey come speak with us. We had Senator Carper come speak with us. I know in years past we've had mm-hmm. Congressman um, Garrett Congressman Garrett Graves, Graves was when he's on, um, you know, subcommittee lead for energy and water on the Transportation and Infrastructure Committee, or he was back then. He's no longer. Um,
1: I'm going to call you on that as a former TNI Water Resources and Environment. Water Resources Environment. Man. It's okay. A lot of different, but ones. also a great. You know, it's the whole field. It's all the stakeholders. It's our memberships. It's federal agencies. It is NGOs that are at the table. It's your dredgers and, yep. and some of your members and, yep. and those on the hill. Um, so yeah, it's a uh, it's a great event. And, and last year the the federal government was technically closed uh, that day due to snow, and uh, we still had some wonderful wonderful turnout. Folks threw on the galoshes or just uh, ruined a pair of uh, nice dress shoes and. We, we had hundreds of people there.
0: So we're, we're going to make sure that it doesn't snow this year. We're going to make sure that the government is open and, and functioning. We're, you're on that one. Uh, <laughs> I'll take the government, you take the snow. Deal. Uh, <laughs> I think I have it tougher. Um, <laughs> but it's going to be a good event. Uh, so if you, are, if you are listening to this podcast and you are a member of CSO, buy your plane ticket and come on into their member meeting. And if you're an ASBPA member or if you're not an ASBPA member, uh, Come to our Coastal Summit. You can find out that information. ASBPA's website is asbpa.org. You guys are?
1: Coastalstates.org.
0: Coastalstates.org. That's that's real and simple. And
1: we would be remiss if we do not mention um, that the Coastal Celebration is a widely attended event. It is a widely attended Regardless event. Regardless of who's listening, you are very welcome to come to the Coastal Celebration. Uh, and then while we're plugging websites out, also we have also want to plug our social media. Yeah. Uh, as we have some... The team here is doing some great work uh, on instagram facebook and twitter as well so so Ooh, check us out instagram
0: there. we don't have instagram we have facebook social uh twitter and and linkedin so um you know check us out coastal states organization uh, american shore and beach preservation association uh we'd love to work with you um bradley thank you so much for for joining anything else you want to share with our listeners
1: no just thank you to you derek for your continued work with uh, myself and cso and to your membership for supporting and, and to my members as well for supporting the work that we're doing and, and enabling it
0: yeah, and if you you're, if you listen through this whole interview, thank you, and uh, check back in. We'll be hosting a, another Capital Beach podcast again, hopefully very soon, and hopefully with uh, maybe even with some of your members when they're in town.